This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Good evening, everybody. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy New Year. As I like to say, we have a spring roster. What a show today. I'm giddy. It's nice out. We have a spring roster. We have roster changes. We have weight changes. Spring ball is officially here. Zach Heilprin, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. I'm looking. I've been looking forward to to Saturday since late November. Ever since Luke Fickle was hired. Ever since Phil Longo was hired. So early December, Saturday it begins. Before we get to the important part, which is the football team mm-hmm. and everything, the the press conferences and. All the, all the takes that come out of it. I'm going to talk about you for a second. Mm. How, how did you feel walking in Luke Fickle media availability on Monday? Is, a, is it like a new like first day of school? Or do we get that in camp? You get that in camp. Because like you don't actually start a new year until you walk in late August, or I should say early August, to camp. But yeah, Saturday will be, Saturday will, be, will feel like a brand new thing. Because it is a brand new thing. Everything's new. I'm we have no idea what we're going to see on Saturday because it's a whole new, a whole new staff, whole new situation, whole new practice regimen. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. So there were pressers that we'll get to here in a second. I had a thought about this year's defense that I think plays into all this. We have roster and weight changes, as I said, and then a, a good old episode of things you just hate to see that recently went on. We'll get to that coming up later. I wanted to start, though, with the press conferences that happened yesterday. Notably, Luke Fickle uh, up at the podium, and then a lot of player availability as well. I have one thing written down in terms of Fickle presser takeaways. Mm. I love listening to him talk, <laughs> just just in general. Like I don't think some of the comments probably had some significance, but I don't think I was listening to what he was actually saying. I had it on while I was watching the World Baseball Classic last night on YouTube, and I, I came away just like I, I could listen to the guy talk for 45, an hour, well, multiple I mean, hours. You're to, you're, I mean, he did talk for half an hour, so uh, there, there was a lot there. He says more in a half an hour than um, Paul, Chris, Paul Chris said in the spring. So um, there's that. So break, like I went for the first, free years, free, first few years of Paul Chris. I like would take the audio and break it down and and use it in updates and use it in stories and that type of thing. Um, The last few, like the last year and a half, last two years, I didn't even record it. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I didn't even record it. Um, If there was something that stood out within it, I would go back and find audio of it and, and use it. But for the most part, it was like, eh, whatever. Well, does your machinery still work? It did. Because I did. figure you were out there recording it yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I had to, uh, yeah, yes, when he had his press conference in November, I had to go, like, dig into my bag of tricks at home, like my office, and find the thing that I was, <laughs> the, the right stuff to use at a press conference. Oh, wipe the dust off. Yes. That's, bring out a Clorox wipe. Yeah. You got to really disinfect. Yes, it's yes. been in the closet for it had, years. It had been in there for a while. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this, yeah, yikes. Um, so it was, you know, 30 minutes of um, worthwhile things to talk about. And that just hasn't been the case for 
the head coach. And um, it's not, I don't think Luke Fickle enjoys doing that. He said as much. Like, it's not something, like, there are things to this job that he would be okay with not doing. Uh, he joked that a couple of the other former head coaches that are that are on the staff, Matt Mitchell and uh, Paul Haynes, kind of laugh at him when he has to get up and go do something that a head coach has to do that an assistant coach does not have to do. And I'm pretty sure that has to do with going and doing media. But he doesn't phone it in. He is as intense right there as it feel like he's as intense in front of a team. So there was plenty of good stuff that came out of Luke Fickle. I mean, that's something, the last thing I think you take away from him as a person and, and how he approaches life. It seems like he brings the same intensity to everything, which for our job, the fact that he does bring a certain amount of, of passion, if you will, to the press conference, I, I love it. I, again, I love listening to it. Uh, in terms of substance, though, what did you take away? There was a lot there. There were 30 minutes. But if you had one, one or two big takeaways, one or two big thoughts from what he was asked and answered. Well, he, he delivered a quote that is probably going to stay with me for a while. Um, I don't think we have the audio up to be able to use right now. Um, Bad producing. Uh, <laughs> Bad producing. I probably should have. Yeah, I probably should have thrown that at you. Um, I did send you the audio. So the, the, it is sitting around somewhere. Maybe I can, uh, you know. Build it up here a little bit. He was asked about the excitement around the program. He was asked about how the energy around the program and how they are a high-energy group. And it starts, obviously, uh, in the weight room with Brady Collins. And it starts, you know, their ability to um, bring the same energy every day. He joked that he actually stayed with those guys for the first two weeks that he was here. And it was just too intense after, t- like, he... He's intense, dude, but it got like he can't stick with him after 10 o'clock. Like he has to be able to go home and get some rest and build himself back up. But he also said that when he goes into recruits homes, it's pretty clear. He makes it pretty clear who he is as a coach. I don't have it. I thought I had it. How do you not have it? I'm getting there. I'm reading the descriptions. Listen, this is I, I, this is bad producing. I thought I, I gave you I, enough time it. there. Like you made it seem like you had it. Yeah, I thought I did. That was about energy with the offense, but uh, there. Yeah, okay. Uh, either way, what he said was, he said that he has no. He's when you go into recruits' homes. I have it. <laughs> you know, I'm not the social media guy, but all those videos and things that they put out, it's important for us to do. You know for many different reasons, recruiting, former players, but also just to continue to, to keep the energy of the program going in all directions. Well, that was about energy. That was about former players and recruits. Are you going to find it here? At it, was, it was cut out. L- l- let's just say it. I don't even remember it at this point. He like, said, quote, I have no chill. There is no chill in No, me. he said, if you're looking for a head coach that is going to be laid back and you're going to be able to, you know, come and chill and just – that's not him. He, he, if that's what you're looking for, it's not going to be here at Wisconsin. Maybe this place isn't for you. I have no, like, I have no chill. I have no chill. And I, there was, the quote itself is much better than I just laid it out, but your inability to find it, uh, despite having minutes here to find it, disappointing to say the least. I don't know. Maybe I didn't uh, label it properly for you, but um, I feel like, you know, you could probably open them all up, and, and they all have the whatever. It's radio. I um, found it. I found it. You suck. I don't get into it. It's not like I go out searching it. Believe me, I could avoid it at all possibilities. But I think about what's good for our program, what's good for our guys, you know, and what keeps them, you know, energetic, keeps them motivated. When they see those things, they love it. 
Was that it? <laughs> the, the, like, it's all the same. Was that, that it? No. What? It wasn't. There's only there's only one more. All right. All right. Well, I, maybe we'll do it coming out of brick. But that is a big takeaway in general. You'll, you'll hear the quote. I might just have to put it on a drop board. Holy Listen, not, not the best producing, but... That's because my brain is still focused on on the content of, of what he was saying. Yes. That was one of it. Yep. My big takeaway, in all seriousness, aside from enjoying listening to the conference, was Tanner Mordecai and his presence. Because the... That's a good job getting the name out on first yeah. chance. <laughs> the, uh, the dynamic in the program is such an interesting one. With, with a new coach coming in, with players that had been there in a pre- previous regime, a lot of them... And then some players coming with Fickle from Cincinnati, some players coming from other schools that are completely unrelated. And most of those guys are younger, where you would figure the path is clear, right? They come into the program, they learn the ropes, as I'm sure all the guys are learning the ropes with the new strength staff and all that's new. But with Tanner Mordecai, he's coming in as a very accomplished quarterback. He it is- literally says in the description, <laughs> Fickle says he has no chill. All right, all right. We can we, we can litigate this some other time. Um, but Tanner Mordecai. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. T- yeah, Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai, how he's approached all of it, he was uh, really singing his praises with, okay, yes, you have to come in and you're new. But also, he's likely the starting quarterback. He's been in college for four years. He has had a lot of success, really good. So how do you then become the leader when you're new in the room? And he said how he has approached it's been very impressive. Some anecdotes in there about normally the quarterbacks aren't in there in the mud doing all the rope stuff and and the tire fights, whatever they're called. But I didn't even know what to call those. But he was very into it, which is not something you normally see. And we hear teammates as well that you guys have talked to sing his praises. So that's something I took away. It makes me excited. Like It just feels like there are the right people in all the right places right now. The entitled nature of the position having done what he's done 72 touchdowns the last two years you know what he did at smu to walk in when we all think he's going to be the starting quarterback and for him to just buckle down keep his head down and just fight and do everything that he's asked to do and the the mat drills obviously right there you see it don't you yeah uh <laughs> it uh it, it really just stands out i think um and that's kind of what i wanted to to figure to find out because we talked to Tim Ray DK in the camp a couple weeks ago and, and he said yeah he's from the moment that he stepped on campus you can tell he's a leader he's not a, a vocal guy right he's he's more of a I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and you're gonna see it um and we've seen that from I mean apparently they've seen that from him and now I can't wait to actually see him throw a pass or two um on Saturday and and the rest of spring the 15 practices because the media the other big note out of yesterday Media is going to get to see all of them, which is um, a very big note. Nearly unheard of. Nearly unheard of. And all of the 15 and all of the practice that you are, you're not going for 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. To, to then get shunned out. You are seeing the entire thing, which aside from what the players look like, who looks good, who maybe, you know, isn't up to the expectation. It's uh, what is what, what does the program look like? We talked about our big questions for spring ball. I think my my biggest one is just like what's the vibe? How how does this operate? And how much how much of an adjustment period is there even for the coaches? Something else Fickle noted. You have a lot of coaches entering a situation where they want to do everything, but you can't do everything at once. You have to like you can't learn 
and install a new culture and a new offense and everything at the same time. It all has to be the process of of not, of doing something every day, but getting to the goal. How does that all look? And does it does it start slow, or does it start like he's been here for five years or six years, which I, I think is interesting. How about the uh, how about the players that you guys spoke to? I had yeah, two so, notes on this. Go ahead. Well, the first is that, and this is from your great piece, Badgers News and Notes on MadCitySportsZone.com, from uh, everything you need to know from all of the media stuff and, and the roster from, from Monday. The running backs praising a running backs coach who was a running back. <laughs> I thought it was, it was so understated, which is actually a lot of like just how Breland talks. But he, he said, because of Al Johnson last year, obviously, we all thought it was a bit of a weird hire. Uh, they were all saying the right things last year. They liked Al, but he wasn't a running backs coach. He was an offensive lineman uh, and a head coach and had never coached the position before. So just off the cuff, Braylon's like, and it's uh, it's a breath of, essentially a breath of fresh air that we have a guy who played running back coaching us now. So, yeah, it it was good. It was good. So what else stuck out from the guys you were able to, uh, to speak with? Yeah, well, we kind of knew this because we are Tanner Bordellini guys. Um, but we and so we knew that he was going to be going back to guard from center. Uh, he obviously played center in the bowl game. But with Jake Renfro coming in, it meant a, a move back to guard somewhere he wants to be. So it's, uh, you know, the ability to pull and do all the things that he likes to do. But he's excited to play next to, to Renfro because he played against the, next to a really good guy last year in Joe Tipman, who... I saw today Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com has him as a first-round pick uh, now to the Giants in the mid-20s. So that would be quite the thing for him. But he gets to play next to a guy who was an all-AAC center in 2021. And so uh, I think he's excited for that. Mumajong Mehta had a great year last year. I know you're going to be talking about him later. Um, But he had a great year last year. One of the uh, higher-rated inside linebackers in the Big Ten. And yet he was kind of upset at the plays that he left out there. He said there's more to do, there's more to be had, left a lot on the bone last year. So it felt like that there's a lot of fight left in these guys. Uh, I should say a lot of anger, I guess, left in these guys from what happened last year, especially being 6-6. Six and six. He said they ate a lot of crap sandwiches um, last year, uh, and he did not say crap. So there's that. Um, and he's up 11 pounds this offseason. Him and Jordan Turner both up. 10 plus pounds, which obviously would suggest a little bit of a change in uh, in the system. Though, again, Luke Fickle hammered home again yesterday that if their best defense is for them to put have two outside linebackers on the field on the on the line of scrimmage, they're going to do that. They'd be stupid not to. You can look, you can be the you can have the greatest scheme in the world, whether it's offense or defense, Phil Longo or Jim Truss or, uh, you know, Mike Trussell and you know, Luke Fickle, it doesn't matter if the players can't play it. You have to fit the system around the guys. You can't fit the guys into the system. And I think that is more so on defense than on offense, but they're not going to just go away from what has made Wisconsin great. And we've heard that continuously over the last few months. I guess we'll see on Saturday if it's actually truthful or not, but I I can't imagine they would go away from it. We kind of saw that last year, honestly. The thing about the Ohio State game, doesn't matter what a game plan is if there are moments where tackles are missed or one one thing is missed. So 
they tell you to treat every game exactly the same, and they treated the Ohio State game like it was the biggest game they've ever seen in their entire life. I mean, changing how they put the plays in yeah. from, the, on the, from the defensive side of the ball, using the stupid signs on the side. And, and I know Jim Leonard probably would not do that again. We, who do we talk to about that? Daryl Peterson? Was it, was it Peterson we talked to him? I think so. I, I think that was him. Like, come on. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. Unless you actually get it done, you can have the greatest scheme in the world. It doesn't matter if you don't have, if you don't have the players to accomplish it or, for the, or you don't have the players in the right spots. It just doesn't matter. I want to talk about the defense for a second. I don't think this is the best mood to bring on Spring Ball Tuesday oh, but with practice we, coming Saturday. Here we are. And we're live at Monks on Thursday. But I, I do want the public to know, officially on the record, I am a bit concerned about the defense this year, just in general. I think I've expressed that, where I think it could be a, a huge key is to whether they go and win the conference and or just make the conference title game. But obviously the guys they lost with, with Benton and Herbig and, and the veteran corners, SP+, plus, whatever you think about it, they ended last season at 14 in the country. They were now projected 46th, some of that having to do with the talent lost. They bring in a bunch of guys, which are exciting, and we'll get to Darian Varner here, here in a little bit. But... I, I'm just concerned in general that the defense won't be where we want it to be at the start with how maybe how fast the offense goes and just when they play the top of the Big Ten, it won't be where we where the expectation maybe is set for the unit. But I was thinking, I was in Chicago last weekend. When I was driving home, I I was thinking about what to talk about today, and there's obviously so much news, but at least in the last two years, for each year, I think you can very clearly say, okay, that defense had had a guy that it kind of was all revolving around. That was the key to the defense. I would argue in 2021, it was Jack Sanborn. That even a lot of Leo Chanel's success came because of, of what Sanborn was doing. Last year, obviously Keanu Benton. Like he was the key to the defense. I was wondering who the key to this defensive unit will be though. And as I thought through it, I don't, I don't know enough about what they're going to be up front, and that's kind of where I am concerned, especially on the defensive line. But of the guys that came back that I think could take the big jump, my, my mind kept going to Muma Jong Meta. So when you mention his, his comments in the press conference, when we see a pro football focus put out, 95 tackles last year obviously led the team, three and a half sacks, 25 pressures. He was also very good in coverage. Like he, he seems like the guy to me and he might, it might not be rushing the quarterback. We might see Jake Cheney do a lot of that. For instance, we don't know how often Trestle will do it. We don't know what the plan is, but I think about the guys returning and I keep coming back to Muma Jong Meta as the guy that will be the key to the defense succeeding. That that'll be the cog, if you will, to everything else working. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Him and Jordan Turner, both, I think have the ability to, to do it. Jordan, was right there with him. I think he finished second in tackles um, and he, he can fly around too, but you're talking about, you're talking about a guy like what Ivan Pace jr. Right? Well, I was thinking about pace because I, it's so hard to compare what Trestle was at Cincinnati with what he'll be. And I think Ivan pace is better than Muma and Jordan Turner, just from what he did last year transfers from a lower level school to Cincinnati just destroys games, goes to the senior bowl, has a great week. I think he's going to get drafted, but he's he's very small for the NFL game, but just a great college football player. Like, he was their defense. Yeah. You you look what they were running. He, it was him. I don't know if 
if Muma has his skill set in terms of rushing the passer and all the packages he is used in, but just as as the key, as the key in the middle, maybe it's a Wisconsin Badger inside linebacker drives the defense thought with all the great guys that they've had recently. But it yeah, it feels like like he's that guy. I would love for him to be Ivan Pace. That would be that'd be unbelievable. Would the defense be okay then? I think it'd be a good start. That's not where my concern lies. Where is your concern lie? Up front. Okay. Up front. I think some people might be concerned at corner. I have a little more confidence in corner if if the upfront stuff without Benton is able to succeed and the the pass rush without Herbig because that helps so much the the corners. Not to mention, I think the safety group's incredible. So that's the secondary as a whole. So yeah, my my concern lies up front. It, just in general, as the unit with the transition to Trestle, I guess that's also part of it. <laughs> but again, maybe that's not the right tone to have on spring practice Tuesday. We can we can deal with uh, concerns after the spring. We're we're a positive podcast today. Sure, positive radio show. Positive radio show. Uh, I believe in your ability to figure this out in terms of what clip to play when we come back from break. Oh, I've already made the bumper. Okay, good. While you were speaking, you will hear what you were Luke- able to make a bumper while I was speaking, but not find the audio labeled exactly <laughs> the way it needed to be labeled. For like minutes on end, and you play like three different things instead, <laughs> which were all very interesting clips. I have a very They're specific, all exactly the same thing. I, I have a very specific skill set, and and, and it comes produce, to <laughs> you're for you're a producer for an award winning broad uh, uh, radio show. Yes, I am, and yet couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, it's tough. Chess Pat, my bad. Uh, speaking of positivity, though, coming up next, we are getting into the roster. We are talking weight changes. There are many of them. There are many of them to note. And on the positive side, I will say I have three big storylines I'm captivated by. Captivated by? That came out of yesterday. That came out of the the roster and the weight stuff. Is there anything else big player-wise that we should hit before we move to the roster? No, I think there's a lot of stuff roster-wise that that are interesting, especially the weights and potentially what some of those weights mean. Because I think that there are some guys listed at positions that I don't necessarily think those weights match up to. Yes. This is my my favorite part of every year is when the season kicks off. My second favorite part of the year by far is when the spring roster comes out and we get weight changes. <laughs> because, listen, all weight change is good weight change unless prove, until proven otherwise. You know? So I'm going to look at every single note that we talk about as something good. Okay. And that's the beauty of it. I already got the negativity out of the way. We're moving forward. So when we come back, we'll talk about the roster that came out this week, what to take away from it, all of the angles, all of the importance. Again, we are live. Monk's Bar and Grill Sun Prairie coming up on Thursday. That'll be your super preview for spring ball that starts up on Saturday. A lot more to come. We have roster talk when we come back. Also, some notes on the NCAA tournament. Some some things you hate to see. A lot, lot yet to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I have to make myself kind of do some of those things. That's just, just me as in general. So I think if, if you ask us who we are, we are a high energy. We are a passionate group, no matter what it is that we're doing. There he is. That's Luke Fickle. Speaking with the media yesterday. Fifth time was a charm. The clip Kenny. we were trying to play. Hey, Fifth time was a charm. Again, you, you win some, you lose some here. Uh, right. Sitting behind the board. We're being positive here. Very that's good, what, very that's what we were talking about. Great quote. 
Um, he, he has no chill. Something you just said to me off air that I, I would like to repeat, if I may, in terms of what your... I said it this morning on the camp. Um, <laughs> I would hate that if it came out of PJ Fleck's mouth. Ding, ding, ding. But, but again, I'm on record as saying I think PJ Fleck is fake. So I think anything that comes out of his mouth is fake. So it wouldn't feel real. That it feels, feels real. real. Oh, yeah. With Luke Fickle. Oh, yeah. And, again, maybe that's a little bit of bias just because I dislike P.J. Fleck. But, again, I feel like P.J. Fleck is is fake. I don't feel like that's who he is. So, oh, man, you had Luke Fickle jumping into the pool, but he didn't walk. He was running into the pool. He didn't just walk into the pool, you he, know? He ran it. Energy it, to yes. everything. There's, there's no chill. There's no chill. Except when you get in the chilled pool which is what the follow-up should have been. Hey, coach, you say you have no chill. Well, you got in the cold tub. I want to, t- I want to tell you something. That hey, was- coach, do you drink Coors Light? That wasn't actually the cold tub. Oh, was it not? Was it just a normal tub? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. What is it, a lap get- pool? Because they were getting after him for not jumping in, in the cold tub. I see. Well, again, my bad. Tough I, day. I'm, no, no. <laughs> You're right sometimes about my inability to let small things go. And that was one of those. I no, that was worthy. Go. I could have just let it go. That was worthy. So roster and weight changes. And this goes in. Just, I was thinking this morning, as I normally do, when big news drops, like a spring roster, what, what do I take away or, or what does it make me wonder about? And with spring ball coming, it's a perfect timeline to figure out what the questions are. Three spring storylines I am now absolutely captivated by as they pertain to said weight changes and number changes. Number one, Darian Varner, uh, Temple transfer, defensive lineman, played his first year in college at like 280 pounds. Then he was dropped down to, I think, 265, 263. He is now on the spring roster back up to 278. And there there was a picture of all the new players that posted on Twitter with with their new numbers. That That is a scary 278. Just just speaking for myself. Because he is number? Well. Uh, 19. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 19. Yes. But why'd you even mention that? Okay, either way. Um, yes. I didn't draw the connection with the number. I was just that's thinking. A, to me, well, a scary 19. Well, so my big. It's a my, bigger 19 than, that's been, than what Gath has been wearing the last few years. Well, true. My my big thought from, from that part, though, is how does. What I'm captivated by is how does how does he fit with the defensive line? Because all of the film from him at Temple is, is really impressive. But last year, I mean, to be an interior guy playing at, at 260-something, like, that's very small. You can and do it in the AAC. Exactly, exactly. And in the Big Ten against in Iowa, that would be a lot tougher yeah. with, with, with all the guys they have. But, I, I mean, he's clearly gotten bigger since he's come here. What, what's the goal in terms of the size? And then where does he fit? Is that a guy that does he play inside a lot? Is he inside on special downs? Because there's so much talent there. Seeing the increase made me very excited for spring ball to see where he fits in because a lot of versatility there and a lot of talent, a lot of skill. My favorite part is that he told reporters, like when he committed to Wisconsin, that they told him he wouldn't have to gain weight. Um, And we we see (laughs) see the roster. And he's up 13 pounds from where he told people he was last year at Temple. So he's up 13, so he's 278. It feels like they told him you have, you're going to have to gain some weight if you're going to want to play I remember and do what that. it is. Yeah. But you're right. He was he was pretty heavy. 
two years ago in 2021, um, lost the weight and was a, I don't want to call it dominant player, but a very, very good player in the AAC last year. So it's a huge add, and you didn't think he was going to be able to play at 265 uh, defense line at Wisconsin. So and, unless he's simply simply going to be a guy that's going to be in there rushing the passer on on passing downs, and I don't think they want to limit him to that. Oh, he! I think he could do more, which that, is why right. that's what I'm, I'm very encouraged by by this piece. And 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 yeah, again, Saturday we get to see maybe the beginning of what it means. Tanner Mordecai is going to wear number eight. That just I, that works. I test all feel number eight there. I plays well. I think it was you who correctly pointed out the last number eight on the offense. Well, the, I think the last one that was relevant, uh, certainly. Yeah. Jalen the last Berger. one that touched the football. Jalen Berger. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. That's fine. Uh, but I eight is a quarterback number. I like it. It is. Who do you think of eight when, when you think about quarterbacks? My first thought's Daniel Jones. That is my last thought. Because he currently wears number eight. Yeah, my first thought is Steve Young. Okay. bit before my time, unfortunately. A bit, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, Steve Young. I just like it. I think it looks good. But that I goes do. back to the Mordecai, how he's entered the building stuff. He's a guy that uh, is about the same weight as he was last year. Um, and <laughs> the last one, which you pointed out, my favorite storyline to watch in the spring has now become the kicker competition. Mm. Why is that, you may ask? Battle of big boys. <laughs> well, not only is Nathaniel Vakos in posting videos on Twitter of hitting from 40-something yards to 60, Drake. 60 to some. It, it, again, yeah, it depends on your perspective. Um, Nathaniel Vakos gained some pound, 10 pounds. He's up to 198. Yes. But he's going to be battling with Nate Van Zelst who on the spring roster is up 20 pounds to 204. I Maybe Vakos comes in and the competitive juices are flowing and Van Zels won't give up the job. I don't know. But what a position battle. That has to be leg strength simply, right? And again, the thing we have to remember about this is that it's the it's updated before fall camp and before the spring. So it's possible that Nate Van Zels added all that weight during the year and just now we're just finding out about it. So maybe it won't have any impact on his leg strength whatsoever. But that's not a fun story. A fun story is him putting on 20 pounds since the end of the season, knowing that he was going to have to battle Nathaniel Vakos and needing a little bit of extra juice, a little bit extra jiggle in that uh, in that kick <laughs> to be able to get it to the uprights past 40-some-odd yards, 47 yards, I think is what he hit uh, in the bowl game. He's going to need a little bit more at Camp Randall to to hold on to that job. Can you add 20 pounds to your quads? Is that possible? I'm going to find out. I'm going to I'm going to take a look. See where see where that weight is. If it's looking Rafael Gaglianoni style, then it's not in the quads. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to start aggressively no. doing quad lifts until you gain 20 pounds absolutely, absolutely not absolutely not i was <laughs> Some investigating. Say, i was just going to do investigative reporting like by looking at yes, Nate yes. Van Zels to see where if Nate Van Zels has a little pouch you know then we know where the weight right was added from right oh what a glorious season yeah tuesday of spring ball we get the roster uh, other big notes uh, and i ex- we expect as the collective public on this show we expect reports on the kicking games Oh, you'll get them because from spring practice again. I don't know when those the, those uh, will be happening because usually it's at the beginning of practice under under the former leadership. 
We'll see when it is uh, under Luke Fickle and company. But, yes, reports on that for sure. Other important notes, Braylon Allen, your starting, one of these starting running backs is up to 240. That, that's up five. Says he's faster. Which, if... I do think there were times last year where there was some bouncing to the outside that seemed that that didn't work uh, as well as it had in the past. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of bouncing, a lot of staying away from contact because he was dinged up. You would hope speed helps, though. Healthy speed helps. And he, but there were times. No, I mean, speed helps. But your game is running people over, um, which should be should be. A little bit easier when you're not facing nine guys every single time. Um, so I think that I, I think that'll help. I also think it's worthwhile worthwhile noting one other thing that we that came out of it: um, the wider splits along the offensive line. Oh yeah, it could be wider splits in this offense. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, the running backs say we're going to run the ball, we're going to do that, but it 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 is a change. It is a change for them. Uh, one more thing on the weight thing: T.J. Bowlers. Still listed outside linebacker, but he's 268 pounds. I don't know an outside linebacker, whether it's in Wisconsin's old 3-4 defense or the new 3-3-5, that's 268 pounds. It doesn't happen. So could a position change be coming for TJ Bowlers? Could he be moving down to the defensive line potentially? Because he's got, he's got a ton of ability, but that's too big to be playing outside linebacker. You would think, you would think. Or is that also like a, a sudden, a, a subtle scheme change where there might be different positions along the line where, yeah. where, where things are a little different so they have the room to say, okay, we have a lot of great outside linebackers, which Trestle clearly walked into a room with, and they're really good, and we should get them all out on the field. This is how we do it. So That's yeah, a possibility. Th- it's a possibility. Again, Saturday. Aaron Witt's up 10 pounds. He is. We don't know if that was taken with a boot or without a boot. If it was, I mean, if it was with a boot, obviously that that's adding a pound or two. Just got, actually, Matt, maybe TJ Bowlers is up seventeen pounds to go to the defensive line to clear space for Aaron Witt. But then Aaron Witt probably would be two sixty five. Again, it, this is just. I, He's also six six. I don't so need facts to tell me I'm wrong there. That's just. It'd be cool. I think the first step is getting on the field, and that won't be happening Definitely. during spring. So that's unfortunate. Yep. Uh, the last big note I had, and, and and I mean big, like like a, a a significant note and one of of someone who's large. Chris Brooks in the wide receiver room, it's big boy, is six two two twenty five. Yeah, he's a big boy. The wide receiver room is so interesting to me because we we know what Keontes Lewis, Skylar Bell, Chimray DK, Marcus Allen are, but then you have all these transfers with Green from from Oklahoma State, C.J. Williams from USC the two Cincinnati kids. And then you have Chris Brooks, who last bowl season people were talking was, was showing some flashes and he, I, he is, he's huge. And, and I think about the whole room. I, I just wonder how deep they can go in terms of snaps or how deep they want to go. Yeah. My favorite thing about going through all these numbers and uh, was, was going back to the old, the rosters of these former, uh, where these guys transferred in from, because some of them lost some height. And some of them gained some height. <laughs> C.J. Williams went from 6'2 to 6'1. Bryson Green went from 6'1 to 6'0. Will Pauling went from 6'2 to 6'3. So I thought that was, uh, it's always kind of funny how sometimes maybe 
schools jack it up. And sometimes, apparently, schools jack it down. Or maybe we'll, we'll – uh, uh, did I say Will Pauline? I meant Quincy Burroughs. Quincy Burroughs uh, is the taller guy. Um, he gained an inch. So, yeah, there are it's, – it's always interesting. I thought that was, that was kind of funny. I find that – yeah, I find that funny as well. Oh, and Braden Clark also. Or uh, Braden Locke. More, oh, Locke. Braden Locke. Uh, lost an inch. He's six foot. That's a shame. Or <laughs> he's just, yeah. Yeah, they don't measure the people the same ways. Uh, shoes on, not shoes on, things of that nature. Right. Or just high heels. But you would think the guys at Cincinnati would be doing it the exact same way. I guess. But no, Quincy Burroughs. Yeah. All right. I, let's do this. We have to step away. Quick break coming up. When we come back, I have six of the biggest risers from the release of the roster. Of guys on the team. Only six, all right. Some of them are eye tests. Some of them actually, uh, the take makes some sense. We have that coming up. So some other notes on who is or who is not on the roster, a couple number changes, and, of course, things you just, things you hate to see from the weekend of March Madness. That's all coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin here with you on this Tuesday. We're live Thursday coming up. Monks Barn Grill, Sun Prairie, the spring practice extravaganza. Probably a lot more real analysis than you're getting tonight with the roster coming out. A, a lot of rambling thoughts coming up this Thursday. Live in Monks 5 to 6 talking about spring ball and a lot more obviously availability to come and, and takeaways from what coaches and players say. So stay tuned. Check out the podcast as well. Real quick, Zach, I have the biggest risers in my in my mind from Monday, which includes the availability and the release of the roster. Darian Varner's on it just because of the intrigue, and I think I think it fits better with with him, you know, getting to the size of some of the other defensive linemen or closer to it. Number two is Mordecai from what we talked about with Fickle, and number eight. Uh, number three is Van Zelst just because the storyline, again, would be hilarious if he added 20 pounds of leg muscle to beat Vakos, who's posting social media videos, hitting hitting field goals with Drake clips. It, it would be amazing. He fights off, what's his name from last year? Calvaruso. Calvaruso. Well, that wasn't hard. <laughs> Leg-wise, yes, it was. Significant. Well, after Washington State, it probably wasn't very hard. Um, yes. And if you were to fight off Vakos, that'd be be amazing. Vakos looks like a player, and he's wearing number 90. Vakos also has already done it in college, uh, which Calvaruso had not. Right. He's, Vakos is wearing number 90, and Vujdanovic wore, nine, wore 91. So I think, of, I think of 90 as a punter number. So that's weird. One of my big risers, Cade Giacomelli, the young, used to be safety, now listed as a running back, who is wearing number 25. And a lot of discussion about RB3. I thought Colton made great points on this podcast a, a couple weeks ago about Jackson Aker, who's also now at running back, and how he could win the job. I like Yacomelli at 25 because I think it's going to fit. It's going to fulfill the eye test. Just a, a, a third down, you know, down the depth chart back wearing 25. I think that works. Who's, who wore 25 last? That's a question I don't know. <sighs> We can get the minions on it. I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, number 25 at running back, 
it looks good. It it's, does. It's, it's going to look a little different on that twenty on that on Katie Akamelli than it did on Melvin Gordon. But yeah. Speaking of big shoes that could be filled given jersey numbers, quarterback. I don't know if it's five or six. I don't know how many quarterbacks there are, but one of the down the depth chart quarterbacks, Cole LaCrue, is wearing jersey number 17. Mm. Massive shoes to fill. Whose shoes are those again? Arguably some of the biggest shoes you could have to fill. Those are Jack Cohn shoes. We didn't actually have, eh, forget it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they gave it out so soon after Jack Cohn leaving. They should have retired it. I know they don't retire numbers. They do. Well, they should have retired. Say, I, I don't necessarily think they retire numbers. They just don't give them out. Like, no one's getting 33 these days. Well, they should retire 25 after Katie Akimeli wears it. And they should probably retire 17, just in general. Uh, and my last one was C.J. Williams, who is uh, the USC transfer wide receiver, wearing number four, mm-hmm. I think fits. You may ask, oh, uh, Ben, didn't Marcus Allen wear number four last year? And you would be correct. He is now number 14 on the new roster. And and they did all the all the new guys holding up their jersey numbers for the first time, yeah. transfers and freshmen. Yeah. I really wanted them to do one with Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen and Michael Fertney? Or just jo- Marcus Allen? Well, no, because he committed he joined- to Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of rejoined. Michael Fertney just tested the waters. A little bit. Marcus Allen committed to Minnesota. He did. Uh, it, was, it was hilarious when we had Skylar Bell on, and he's talking about, you know, it's not going to just be three and – 13 and uh, 11 out there this year. It's going to be four and eight. And I knew because I watched the videos way too closely that CJ Williams could wear number four. And I said that afterwards. He's like, that not that Marcus Allen? I'm like, no, no, no. Marcus Allen, 14 now. You, you, you leave, you go, you commit to that <clears throat> nice car salesman, uh, uh, slightly used cars, slightly uh, worn cars, uh, salesman up in Minnesota. You commit to that, you, you lose your number when you come back. You're lucky you got your scholarship back. A lot of uh, a lot of single digit wide receivers got Burrows at five, yep. Bryson Green at nine, Williams at four. I think I, I I think aesthetically, how the numbers pair with the guys on the field, I think it's going to work. I don't think many people care, but I do about numbers. Just how the numbers, like Jack Cohn, 17, JT, 23, which was awesome. Quintus Cephas was, what, 80? 80, 87. 87, right. Didn't like that. I, I do. I didn't like 87. I do. Um, all right. So, so so there's numbers talk. And, and again, a lot more to come as we, as we get into the spring and the spring starts. When we come back, we Oof. had to do it. Oof. What, what did you watch this weekend that you just sat back and thought, you hate to see that happen? We'll tell you what we thought coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A couple minutes before we are out of here. Zach, from your glorious weekend, what, what was one thing you just hated to see? You know, it was really unfortunate to see the, uh, the great university down in Milwaukee uh, fall in the second round of the NCAA tournaments, not making it out of the first round again. Um, but hey, congratulations on getting your first NCAA win in a decade. Marquette. The hate to see it. Shaka Smart's first NCAA tournament win since watching me play high school basketball, as I've explained. Listen, 
making the tournament, make it, winning a game, th- that's a great season. So I would like to to applaud the the season that Market had. Congratulations! Nothing to be ashamed of losing to to Michigan State, uh, and also uh, almost as notably, this just objectively was hilarious. Michigan, who I wanted the Badgers to beat in the in the finals of the NIT, blew a nine point lead in the final minute to Vanderbilt and lost on a Hunter Dickinson goal ten. <laughs> has his his career's finally over, right? I guess he could come back, but I don't think so. Okay. Hopefully his career, which is now over, ends on that because I, you hate to see it to such a, you know, that heart, guy. heartwarming, someone who never takes low blows at, at other fan bases and things of that nature. You hate to see something like that. It's objectively hilarious. It's, it's really funny. But it sucks because now the Badgers won't, be, won't play them. The Badgers do play tonight, though, against, against Oregon in Eugene. The number one seed, Oregon. They are two and a half point favorites against the Badgers. Badgers win tonight. We, we don't need big analysis here. Uh, did Badgers win, Zach? Do they advance? Do they? Uh, Oregon without three players? Yes. Big Steve averaging 25 points a game in the NIT. Going to face a little bit bigger players tonight. Shooting 62% from three. Going to face some bigger players tonight. A little, Frank Kaminsky jump. That's the question I asked. It is the question, yeah. And if he comes back next year and averages 25 points per game and shoots 62% from three, I, I think... That'll be answered. That that question would be yes, in theory. Yeah. So that's coming up at 8 o'clock. Badgers in the NIT, one of the rounds. And this is to get to the final it's the quarterfinals. It's the quarterfinals. They play Oregon. Hopefully, I, hopefully they make the school's third Final Four in 10 years. First Final Four since 2015. Yeah. We, we, what we say is third Final Four in the de- in the last decade. Greg Gard's first Final Four? Yeah. To silence all as, the haters? As an assistant coach, as a, as a head coach, yeah. Yeah. All right, can't wait. That game's at 8 o'clock. Enjoy the game. We will, back, we will be back on Thursday. Talk spring practice. Spring practice starting this week. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. See ya.